Hello, and welcome to Pro Construction Guide series of ProCast. This episode is going to provide you with expert information and tips on mechanical installation. I'm John Gordon. And I'm David Dovel. Thanks for joining us. Pro Construction Guide magazine regularly brings you a new ProCast built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. It's the only podcast for pros hosted by pros with successful contractors as guests. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com or on iTunes. And it's this point in every episode that we try to talk a little bit about what's in the Pro Construction Guide. So this week, we want to tell you about the great rigid lithium-ion Gen 5X combo kit drawing. Wow, that's a mouthful. So look, it's, it's rigid lithium-ion Gen, Gen 5X. I still can't say it right. It's the combo kit. It's worth over $500. It does everything but clean up on the job site for you. That's not true. Don't quote me on that. But you can find all the details and a sign-up on the homepage of uh, ProConstructionGuide.com. So take your chance at getting something special free. Hey, if you're already a subscriber to the Pro Construction Guide or the Constrigia newsletter, you are automatically eligible to win the rigid kit, so there's no need to register. So in this episode, we're going to be talking with Justin Wilson, and Justin is a building specialist, and he's a partner in construction instruction, and you guys should start recognizing that now. For as many podcasts as we've done, as many times as, as that group has been guests with us, we had uh, Mark with us from Construction Instruction just a little bit ago on our last uh, episode. So Justin was a guest for us about a year ago um, in uh, episode number 28, I think it was, where we talked about how to properly ventilate a crawl space. But uh, Justin, welcome back to Pro Construction Guide series of broadcasts. Can you give us like the 30-second bio on Justin Wilson? Oh, thanks for having us. Um, I've been in the industry for about 23 years, and I'm one of the principal partners at Construction Instruction. Um, Construction Instruction has been our sort of uh, way to go here for our team, and since 2004, we've been developing this, and it's two sides. We're a um, media company, which has an app, and we also provide content for the Pro Construction magazine available at the Home Depot. Um, but we're also a training consulting company. Um, so we do about 300 trainings a year throughout North America and sometimes stretch even into Europe or other places. Um, our app that's available is a free download on the iTunes Store or Google Play Store. And um, we currently provide content, almost 10,000 documents, videos, animations, how-to information um, on our mobile app. So it's, it's a free download, and it's just something that it's a spinoff of all the research work and training and building work that we're doing in the field, our, our entire team. You know what's funny is I was we are doing some restroom remodels for a large oil company gas station chain, and I was on job site, and the, uh, the gentleman that we had, the, the company that we had doing it, was checking um, ADA stuff and different things, and I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but at one point he was on his iPad with your stuff, just, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> so... Great, great resource, great resource, yeah, on the yeah. job and off the job. It's a lot of fun. I mean, we, we went into that endeavor to try and stream how-to information from, you know, animated installation details from an installer's perspective. It's been quite a journey for us is to figure out how to stream that content, not only build it um, and, and make it look right, but, um, you know, stream that content through a mobile device has been Amazing. It's just amazing to watch technology as well. So, and how we're all interacting and the speed that we all move today. 
It is good. So, look, I teed up a huge topic. I said mechanicals, you know, which is um, a pretty broad topic. What are the main things that you're going to be talking about today to give folks a sense of where we're headed? Well, this is a big topic, is you're right. I mean, we could probably have a, an all-day marathon uh, podcast event on this. Um, but we're going to just hit the basics on a few things. We're going to look at uh, proper equipment sizing. We'll look a little bit at some basics around air distribution and the duct systems. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit on system efficiencies. And if we get to that point on homeowner education or interaction with homeowners, and, and maybe even a little bit on controls that people are requesting. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the first thing. What's the first thing that our pros should should understand about mechanicals and mechanical systems? Well, it's, it's a big issue in our homes today. And people, the first thing you think about is people are requesting more comfortable homes or demanding mm-hmm. it in some cases. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this transition over the last, you know, 20 years or so um, where it's not just heating systems and, you know, it's okay to have five or seven degree differences between floors on your houses. People really want to be within two or three degrees from floor to floor, and that's really a target and goal that we should all strive for. Um, and it's, it's more around comfort. People want it. They want it now. And, uh, you know, as we head into the summertime season, it's really time to start looking at cooling systems. And, you know, they, they demand a lot of electricity to use those systems so they can be expensive for the homeowners um, to operate. Um, you know, and there's also tips around maintaining this equipment so that it's at its peak efficiency and it's around comfort and other things. Okay. Um so what else should a pro consider before taking or talking with his HVAC sub about um, about uh, a specific project? Well, especially if it's, if it's geared around an existing home, um, to whatever extent you're working on it, the first thing is to really understand um, a little bit about the house. It's not as simple as saying we talk about even the, the building itself, um, what's there, um, what does the what does the current system look like? Does it have air conditioning? And air conditioning is not just sized um, based on the, the square foot of the house. You don't just say, well, for every we hear this all the time. For every 500 square feet of house, you put on one ton of air conditioning, no matter what climate you're in, for the most part. And sometimes you go to the the more southern climates, and they say, well, 400 square feet per ton, or Las Vegas as well, or even Houston. That's that's. That's not true. There are a lot of other things that are dependent upon um, what that air conditioning load is on the building, and you really want to have that system sized correctly uh, for the house because it's not just cooling the air in the building. It's pulling moisture from the air as well. So you're looking at two things it's really trying to do is remove heat from the air and also remove Mm -hmm. moisture from the air. So it's it's a large thing. Um, An example that would be, do you know what type of windows are in the building? Um, when we look at low E or low emissivity spectrally selective coatings that are on almost any um, type of glass that we're purchasing today, um, it's, it's a big thing to understand. It, it's 40 to 60% of the cooling load on a building is based on the type of windows and the orientation of windows on that building. 
whether they're shaded or not. They're on the north side, south, east, or west. All those have a, a really large impact on what's going on, as well as people using things like um, blinds, either on the exterior of the windows, on the interior of the windows. Uh, it, it, it's very important. Things like mechanical loads in the building, um, washers, dryers, dishwashers, big TVs, all these things generate heat in the building, and they also have an impact on the, the cooling load. So it's, it's around a, a game of, of comfort as well. So we really need to talk to those homeowners and also have a pretty good understanding of the building. So we talked about the impact of windows and the load and calculating it, knowing that there's dehumidification that has to occur as well as, um, as cooling in, in that arena. So um, what, let's go. That begs the question. The next question I wanted to ask was about sizing. So I think you've tackled, hey, that just having a standard rule of thumb, so many square feet equals so many tons, is probably not good. Um, and, 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 the, and you talked about the dehumidification piece, but so what, is, what happens if you size incorrectly? So that's, a, that's a, one of the most common things that we see that's a comfort complaint as well, that when they're um, oversized. And, you know, when we, when we say, okay, bigger is better, it's not necessarily the case with cooling. What you really want, and especially the more humid the climate is, you know, cooling is maybe a derivative of airflow and circulation throughout the building. Um, and you want that fairly constant. And the longer that that outdoor unit runs, it's kind of a contradiction of what we've always thought. You know, it's hmm. the analogy of almost like a car. You know, we, we buy cars and we think it's real um, fashionable or cool um, when it's got 450 horsepower, when you rarely ever utilize that. Um, right. We really don't. We really don't want that. We want the small four-cylinder economy model. When we talk about a house, we want it to run for a long time, and we want a lot of air to go across that. Called the evaporator coil, or typically it's called an A coil, and that coil is cold. And when warm, moist air goes across it, we extract not just heat from the air, but we extract moisture. And so, the longer that that system has the ability to pull that air across, there will continue to pull. Uh, moist air from the indoor environment. All right, let me try to stick with your analogy then, because you said it's like a car and high power. So if my goal is to go on a sightseeing expedition and take in all of the beautiful sights on my way from point A to point B, it's probably bad that I have, you know, a 450-horsepower engine that can get me from point A to point B in six seconds. Much better to have... A, a, a something that moves slower so I can take in all these beautiful sites. Did, did I follow your analogy correctly? Yeah, yeah I'd say it's a, it's a bit of that. Um, you know, you, you want to be slow and steady at some point. Right. You want to you move, move a lot of air, and you want it to run consistently. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it, it's a whole different game in some Got ways it. than we kind of think of. Absolutely. So, Let's we've we've talked about the unit itself. Let's talk about what we deliver the air in the ducts. That's a real good question. You say you think of if it's an existing system, or if you're designing or adding on part of a a new system. And you know, when we think about moving air through these ducts, it's important that those become that vehicle for distrib- distribution of air throughout the building. And and what you're really trying to do is 
have enough airspeed out of the registers to mix up the air within a room. And so that takes not just volume of air, but it takes speed of air to do that to kind of, I kind of use the analogy of a, a, a blender, but the people in the room also don't need to notice it. And so there's kind of a balance point there a little bit as well, meaning I don't want to blow the drapes up to the ceiling, you know, if I've got registers in the floor or vice versa, you know, from the ceiling down. So when we think of the, the duct system, leaving, you know, it, it's a it's a balance point of design and, and install. You know, when you think of typical duct systems in buildings, uh, depending on climate zone, most northern climates or basement climates or crawl space climates typically are using metal duct work. When you transition to the south, it's typically their, their attic-type systems, meaning mm-hmm. there's duct work and mechanical systems in an attic. They're t- typically made out of duckboard and mostly flexible duct work, flex duct, they call it. So splitting those two up of those distribution systems in the north side, metal duct work, especially if it's an existing house, and there are ways for us to measure this, and there are a lot of simple tests that a contractor can do to help get that airflow at least tuned up a little bit in the duct system. But if we take those metal duct systems, typically we'll find 30 or 40% of the system has duct leakage, meaning 30 to 40% of the air in the duct system actually never gets where, gets where it's intended to go. So that going back on this thing about trying to push enough air into the rooms and mix up and this air in the room with either, in this case, cooled air, you're short. And so you don't have enough volume to actually achieve that, that initial objective. So there are ways to test it. There are ways to seal it. And there are other lots of methodologies around trying to uh, clean duct work so that it's a little more healthy for the occupants. There's a lot of stuff that collects in those ducts over time. Mm-hmm. Same thing as we transition to southern climates, um, realize you're, you're facing a, a little different aspect, flexible duct work will typically leak where it's connected. So the more connections there are, uh, the worse that can be. The duct systems are typically strapped up from the attic side. Um, Those straps sometimes are either pinched or you'll find kinks in the duct work. You think of like a garden hose with a kink in it. It's not much Mm -hmm. different. So you'll have much less airflow through that duct. And then the other big penalty in these southern type climates, and this is a, a good opportunity for uh, sealing up duct work, is truly what leaks out of the duct system, if your ducts are in an attic above the insulation line, is just blowing cold air in the attic, which never reaches the house, and it's completely wasted energy. So it's, A, a comfort issue. It's not delivering the air to the space intended. Um, and, B, it's a, a significant energy impact on the building. Sure. So you're, cool, you're cool in the neighbors. Yeah, a discomfort to the wallet. Uh, yeah. There you go. So, so there's lots of opportunity. So I'm thinking, as I think about what you said starting out, Justin, you said proper sizing. We got that air distribution. Um, we've addressed that and, and the duct work specifically. Um, what, one of the things that I'm curious about that, I, that I'd like you to spend this last little bit on, if you could, is um, you said something about educating the consumer because – we're all about going on this job site, knowing everything we got to know, maybe not thinking that there's some things we have to do on the consumer side. There's a lot. I mean, consumer education is a big part. I've seen this many times where a, a good example is we go into a project and say, 
you know, at what stage first you can look at, at what stage would you, um, you know, go beyond, okay, I want to replace my heating and cooling system in the building. And, you know, there's tuning up what's already there. And some of those like kink ductwork or ceiling ductwork, those are things that can be done at any point in time on an existing home. But a great example of, you know, a homeowner impact is, let's say I have a 1980s house and it's got non-low E windows, probably due for a re-side or new siding if I'm a contractor looking at this from a homeowner education standpoint. Um, I really need to know if you're going to replace your system, sort of a trade-off, you're thinking, oh, I want to do a new heating cooling system. Maybe there's some basement remodel that's involved, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you may want to ask them, are you intending at some point to do the siding on the outside of the building? That, as a contractor point, gives you all of a sudden uh, another possible job function to do on a building. When are you going to do that or prioritizing it? Because if you're going to replace your windows, in this case, let's say you replace your windows after you put in already what's most likely going to be an oversized cooling system in your building um, mm-hmm. or your house. You replace your windows and you say, oh, I met with the contractor. We're going to do a reside on the building, put in new low E windows. Uh, you could further reduce the cooling system requirement because this thing, again, if you go, oh, let's just assume 50% of the load of the building, which is very conservative, was the windows on the cooling sizing. Well, I put in windows that have half as less heat gain. Well, in that case, let's just say you had a five-ton air conditioner. You might actually go to a three-and-a-half or four-ton air conditioner on that house. So if I put the air conditioner on before I do the windows, not knowing what windows are going to go in, now the homeowner's going to be back to this issue of that 450-horsepower car that they didn't want. Now they've got a 600-horsepower car when they really need, uh, you know, a 300-horsepower car to get where they need to go. Got it. Got it. Okay. Wow. So there's a lot to talk about when we say education. It's less about, hey, this is how the system works, and more about here's how to think about all the components of your home together, windows, exterior projects, interior projects, and things like that. Um, That makes sense, David. I mean, I know you, you have to do that every single day. When you start messing with the inside of people's houses, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, we just we just went through that with a house. Uh, it's exactly what Justin was talking about. Um, we did the lower level of a home, twelve hundred square feet down, twelve hundred square feet up, but downstairs stripped to the studs. So new windows, new insulation, air sealed. Uh, they had a four ton unit, and my HVAC contractor was extremely concerned about short cycling or that that 600 horsepower we're talking about not cooling or cooling the house but not ever getting rid of the humidity so we had to go back in and slow the blower down in order to uh to uh stop that from happening but the 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 deal that we ran into is that the unit on the house was only four or five years old so they weren't ready to change it so there you are you're kind of stuck in the middle um, and then if they remodel the upstairs within the next year, which is what they're talking about, we're going to have to do exactly what Justin said. We're not going to let the ductwork leak into the attic. We're going to actually take a couple of ducts and pump it out uh, to get rid of some of the air because it's too much. And then what they'll uh, do is okay. cl- we'll close that off later uh, when the unit is, is, is brought back down to the size that it really needs to be. 
Very yeah. good. Well, I mean, so, from a sizing perspective, you know, when you look at the load on a building in that case, you know, if a contractor can come to a house, rather than say it's 500 square feet per ton, there are numerous applications out there. There's even one that works on an iPad. It's quite brilliant. It takes about a tape measure and you're at an existing house. It takes about 20 minutes to input the entire wall surface area. If there's foundation, whatever the foundation type is, the roof area, the windows and doors, and give you mm-hmm. a climate-specific, zip code-specific load on that wow. building, which is, you know, and we know, it's okay, it's built in, uh, you know, 1990, whatever. It's got R13, reasonably installed insulation in the wall. You can verify attic insulation. Take a pretty good guess at the air sealing and duct leakage. Contractors are all pretty good at that um, and come up at least with a, a pretty close number. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, important stuff right there all the way through. So it's, it's, we the, just, it's the analysis side of it, you know, rather than guessing. Mm-hmm. Make, it makes cons- makes complete sense. So, so, Justin, I try to do this as we pull everything together on all of our all of our procasts. So, we talked a lot about a lot a, a lot of information here. If um, if you had to say three main points about mechanicals that you want our professional listener, listeners to take away from this procast, what would those three things be? If I were to take three, you know, three quick points on it, the, the, the number one thing we, we all have to be committed to in our industry as well, especially if we're doing anything to do with retrofitting or touching existing buildings, we have to make that commitment for combustion safety analysis. So if there's okay. gas, any gas-burning appliance in any building that you're ever touching, if there's air sealing uh, improvements that you're doing, when you're working in the mechanical areas, rule number one is, if something's burning gas in the building, we need to follow combustion safety protocol. So okay. the building, building Performance Institute, ResNet, Nate Certified, North American tex- Technical Excellence for uh, HVAC contractors, ask their certifications and, and understand that the first thing we need to do is understand, are there unsafe conditions that exist in those buildings? And so we need to come up with action plans. It's about making sure that right. homes are safe for our homeowners. The, the second thing I'd say is there's a ton of opportunity as we head into we're, we're just on the start of, you know, a cooling season. Is there's great opportunity a lot of times in existing systems just to tune them up, make sure that the refrigerant charge is correct. Um, there's airflow testing that we can do on these. It's very straightforward to make sure that we're running within the fan capacity of the systems. Many of the systems, there's opportunity to clean uh, your condensing coils, they collect a lot of junk on them um, and can create uh, air quality issues in, in the home. Contractors are, are well aware of this, and they're very versed at, at cleaning the coils up, cleaning ductwork, cha- changing filters, sealing ducts, as I said before. These are all things that, you know, a good set of eyes um, can really help alleviate some of these comfort issues for homeowners. Um, the The third thing is to hammer home one more time that, you know, based on these types of equipment options and prioritization of what we're doing in remodel projects is request that your contractor doesn't guess at these things, that there's some some analysis like load calculations and, and understanding what the ultimate intentions are of the homeowner and never forgetting to ask, you know, how is their home currently for them? Is it comfortable? Are there uncomfortable areas? Um, and things of that nature. All and again is saying, let's also think about ventilation. I know the CI team we talk a lot about it, but 
there's an opportunity there to talk to homeowners about do they currently have ventilation in their homes and there's a real big need for that to to understand that we need to be we need to be understanding the air that people breathe in houses is another one of those big components and whether it's filtration ventilation and, and air quality cleaning ductworks etc okay all right so that was it's a good thing people can go back and play this over and over again because that was an incredible amount of information. Justin, thank you so much for your time, but also for your insights and, and the clear level of, uh, of thought and, and education and content that you bring to these things, specifically today about mechanicals. But uh, with you guys, the partnership of construction, instruction at large, uh, this is very, very valuable. Folks, you can, get, you can go back and listen to this podcast, and then you can also go to Construction Instructions website www.constructioninstruction. That sounds like a mouthful. It's not bad. Construction instruction. Just put the two words together, .com. And you'll get this great information in greater depth and detail and, and much, much more. So, Justin, thanks so much for, uh, for getting us to this point. Now, we, it's time for us to dig into the proverbial spare parts box. And that's always a bit of a crapshoot with David and me. We confessed that going up, uh, but we told everybody at the very beginning we were going to pull stuff out of this box that we thought was cool. David, anything tricky? Anything? What do you want to pull out of the box this week? Well, I think I'm just going to stay uh, kind of on the same the same tone with um, with the HVAC. One of the things that we didn't really talk a lot about was the returns uh, on the system. So your return air is so important, um, and this 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 affects the general contractor. Uh, as well, the the HVAC contractor is always going to try to make sure that there's plenty of return air. But as a general contractor, sometimes this is going to fall upon you. This is under your your name and underneath your skills, um, and it's also a way to generate a little extra revenue. So these are the things that you would want to look for, not only in return air for the HVAC system, but also looking for uh, makeup air or or air in general intake air for bathroom ventilators. So the quickest thing that you can do is take a look at the doors and the bedrooms. If the rooms don't have room-to-room returns that go back directly to the system, most of the time they rely on the undercut of the door. So a couple of things that can be done. One, you want to make sure there's at least a one-inch space underneath the door so that the air, when the door is closed, the air can get underneath there. That works for not only the return air, but also you need that for bathroom ventilators. So here you go, uh, a quick way to make uh, extra money on a job and keep your customers comfortable. They'll be happy that you did it. They'll be glad to pay the extra cost. You've solved a couple of problems there, and you've put a little money in your pocket. So uh, always be on, on the lookout for your customer uh, to make them happy, and there's almost always a way to make a couple of extra dollars while you're doing it. So uh, think about that. Spend a little time with your HVAC contractor. Talk about these things and, and, and learn them and understand them. It's, it's not necessarily inherent that you know all of this stuff, but you should, you should try to learn about it and understand it's going to make you a better general contractor, and you're going to have a lot happier customers. Awesome. Great information again, sir. Appreciate it. Maybe we should talk about it as our spare parts box and our spare thoughts file because we got a lot of good stuff coming out that way. Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you heard today, join us uh, or like us on iTunes and tell a friend about a ProCast on iTunes and, and ProConstruction.com. 
Yeah, if you haven't gotten your copy of the latest Pro Construction Guide magazine, visit the Home Depot closest to you. They'll have copies at the Pro Desk or go to ProConstructionGuide.com to read the digital issue. I do that regularly. It's great. Hey, if you've got any feedback for us, give us a call at 866-647-2346. Leave a message. We really do want to hear your thoughts. We'll see you on our next episode of Pro Construction Guide Magazine's ProCast podcast. We hope that you'll make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.